Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you here today. Now, let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear God, may your spirit open our ears and heart to your wisdom and knowledge as we gather today to listen and obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this year, one of my hobby projects okay, was to make a U.S. Navy Arleigh Burke class guided missile destroyer. You know, inspired from this uh, fictional USS Nathan James from this show, uh, The Last Ship. Okay, so every Thursday, um, we can show the slide actually, there's uh, the picture of it. Okay, next slide, thank you. So this is uh, what, I, what I've done. So every Thursday, what I'll do is this, okay, during my off day, you know, after I've, I've done my housework and laundry, and I'll sit for two hours okay, to just make this ship. Although I could have easily purchased it, uh, but you know, it brings very little satis satisfaction. So it took me about two over months to, to, to make this and to carve it up. In fact, I brought it along to show you, you know, this is about this size, so it's just small. <laughs> it looks big up there, but it's actually this small. <laughs> well, to make a ship of this small scale requires a lot of planning. Okay? The smaller the ship, in fact, the harder it is to make it. Um, before I even make the first cut, I would have to do some drawings and measurements. I had to take into consideration the size of the box that I'm going to place in. And I had to source up for some references too. And finally, I had to decide what I want uh, to be included in the ship. So a little project like this requires you know, some skill intelligence, uh, uh, knowledge, and also craftsmanship. It has taught me some lessons, and we'll we discover more of it later. But, um, however, my, this, my little project was nothing compared to the magnitude okay, of the work needed to be done on the, tab on the tabernacle. Bezalé had to devise artistic designs to work in the different material you know, of gold, silver, and bronze. You know, the different materials provide different color and different materials react differently when come in contact with other materials. Furthermore, they have different tensile strength and hardness. So Bezalé had to cut stones you know, for settings and in carving wood uh, for work in every skilled craft. And the Lord filled him with the Spirit of God to accomplish all these tasks. In our current context today, you know, there is a tendency to elevate the position of pastoral staff you know, as being spirit-filled office you know, and reduce the role of other, you know, for example, flower arrangement, you've got beautiful flowers right in front there, you know, as being a mere artistic talent or the rest as secular talents. But however, this passage, Bezalé was filled with the Spirit of God to fulfill artistic work for God in the construction of the tabernacle. Dr. Victor Hamilton elaborated that the first spirit-filled individual in the Bible was not some godly predivalent or patriarch or even the saintly Moses, but Basile, a lay person, a construction foreman. Such a calling is no less sacred and is no less in need of divine enablement than that of Moses, the, the, the liberator, and Aaron, the supreme priest. Now, perhaps every duty that we are performing here in church for God is divinely inspired. From the ushers to the flower arrangements team, to the communion preparation team, the traffic wardens, you know, uh, the administration team, and even the pastoral team, etc. 
We are all filled with the Spirit to fulfill all these tasks in church. Let us first just look at the word uh, spirit or ruach okay, in Hebrew. Dr. Simon Chan, um, one of my TTC lecturers, taught that the word ruach in the Old Testament is translated sometimes as wind or breath, okay, and most commonly used in the Old Testament for spirit. In the early writings of the Old Testament, the word does not refer directly to a personal spirit. More often, it refers to some kind of force or power. Dr. Chan went on to classify the gift Bezalel received as outstanding gifts. Carol Mayer suggested the use of the word spirit in verse 31. Maybe the same priestly language, ruach, used to symbolize God's creation or creative energy in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. In the same priestly account of creation. So this probably, this probable, probably denotes that the chief artisans, Bezalel and Oholiah, was divinely inspired by God. No, it may not be incorrect to consider all gifts as being given by God. But however, did God suddenly give Bezalel skill, intelligence, knowledge and craftsmanship because he had none to begin with? In other words, Bezalel started with zero skill, zero intelligence, zero knowledge of the work of constructing the tabernacle and zero craftsmanship before God filled him with his Holy Spirit. And he was suddenly able to perform all these tasks. Did God do that? Reshbam, an 11th century uh, rabbi, emphasized that people became skillful after God granted them skill. Reshbam disagrees with the idea that God gives wisdom to people who are already wise. In other words, Reshbam believes that a person could suddenly be zapped with a skill to perform a task. However, Dr. Victor Hamilton suggested more often than not, the Spirit takes gifts already present in us and refocus and redirects them in ways of His choosing. For example, Dr. Hamilton feels that it is highly unlikely that the Spirit comes mightily upon David. Uh, as a picture, next slide you show King David. Uh, about David um, having the ability to, to play the lyre before Saul. Rather, this, this is a gift given by God and honed by his practice, which the Lord is now able to use as David ministers encouragingly to, to, a, to a hurting Saul. No, the same goes for Bezalel. Those several areas uh, of expertise that he has developed over the years in Egypt, the Lord now is able to take and use the expertise to oversee the building of a holy dwelling place. You know, I'm, I'm more inclined to take on the position of Dr. Victor Hamilton. Well, this is most probably uh, a lecturer of Pastor Melvin in Ashbury in 1970s, no? <laughs> well, he was a lecturer in Ashbury in 1970s, so... Anyway, my skill to craft items did not begin overnight for nothing. I, I was really interested in doing, you know, works with uh, metal and wood since young. So although God gave us gifts, I believe most of the time the gifts are given diachronically rather than synchronically. In other words, the giving and development of our gifts is a process, diachronic, 
and not just an instantaneous event, synchronic. One of my favorite Chinese serials is uh, Yitian Tulongji, or Heavenly Sword and Dragon Saber, okay, if you know. There are many, I know there are many, many versions, uh, but my favorite was the one acted by uh, Eric Su or Su Yongpeng. Uh, in this story, Zhang Wuji okay, uh, gained his Kung Fu skills and powers okay, synchronically through several events. In fact, he managed to procure new powers almost immediately, and he became str stronger after each acquisition. He did not have to train for decades to achieve his abilities. You know, we live in this age uh, where we fantasize about receiving abilities and gifts quickly. However, I believe to train us, God has other plans. And more than often, He trains us to learn, uh, to, to train us to learn through the art of waiting. The art of waiting. So how did the Israelites in Exodus receive direction from God? How did Moses and Bezalel receive from God regarding the detailed construction of the tabernacle? Alec Mortier wrote that the book of Exodus revealed one fundamental principle. Israel did not seek guidance. They waited for it. Let me explain, okay? See, sometimes uh, we have the tendency to pray, God, Please show me a sign now so that I will know what to do. The way we seek God does not involve waiting. It entails that God respond to our requests at our timetable because we hate waiting. Recently, mobile services in the Circle Line were suspended. You know, some commuters complain about the lack of mobile service and even consider avoiding travelling on the circle line. Now, there may, there may be many other reasons why they avoid the circle line. However, the primary reason, I believe, is that many could not tolerate the waiting time in the train as they travel to their destination. You know, waiting kills, and many of us consider waiting as a waste of time. However, Alec Mortier went on to say that waiting was important for the Israelites because the directive will of God was expressed to them by the movement of the cloud. For them, guidance was a matter of waiting and watching in Exodus chapter 40. For them, uh, so also for Jesus, as foreseen in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4 and 5, the will of God was made known to him in the daily discipline and privilege of meeting with the Lord and waiting upon him morning by morning for his word. Shouldn't, shouldn't we also adopt what Jesus did, waiting and watching as we read the word of God unhurriedly? You know, my children always ask two questions uh, when we are traveling. The first is there, are we there yet? And what's the second? When are we leaving? <laughs> you know, uh, we, we, you know, there's no recordings of Israelites uh, seeking these two questions, but no, we, are, we seem to always be in a hurry, okay, to, to reach our destination. And when we reach our destination, we want to get, oh, we, need to, we want to go home quickly. Uh, we, Singaporeans like to hurry. We like to move from one place to another. And that is terrible. You know, crafting takes me away from the hurried lifestyle uh, that I normally live. 
You know, this X-Wing fighter that you can see, um, Star Wars, again, okay, X-Wing fighter, was crafted up, well, it took me 16 hours to craft it from one solid uh, uh, aluminum block. So much of the work is monotonous and laboriously long, okay? So it, it provided me, however, by doing so, it provided me with the time to be silent, you know, from my mouth, and it creates an avenue for me to just slow down and listen. No, I do not feel tired after doing all this crafting work. In fact, it provides me with a clearer mind. And at times, ideas for sermons and teaching sessions were inspired while I was just waiting at the crafting table. God also inspired Basile and Oholiat with another important gift. In verse 34, it says, And he has inspired him to teach both him and Oholiat, the son of Eshamek, of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skill designer. You know, the 1984 NIV version uh, translates the skilled craftsman as master craftsman. So what else are there to teach the master craftsmen or the master artisans. What else is there to teach? Why did God inspire uh, uh, both Bezalel and Olaipt to teach? You know, it is not easy to construct a, it is easy, sorry, to construct a piece of art alone. However, to do it as a team, it requires much coordination. Initially, a team may work slower, slower than an individual. However, when the team becomes a unit, they will become faster than many individuals. You know, I like to watch this show called The Sand Masters uh, uh, and how the team was able to carve uh, the image from sand. You know, it was really beautiful. You know? They could do a lot of things. Most of us will be watching the show for the drama involved, you know, while shaping the sand. There will be disagreements, there are mistakes and issues. Sometimes the entire block of sand will just collapse. However, each time when an issue arose, the leader of the team would step in to decide what needs to be done. And the team would follow exactly what was commanded. They may not always agree, but in the end, the product is accomplished because they acted as a team. They worked together. Perhaps Bezalel and was inspired to lead them by teaching them how to work together as a team. But are there other reasons why Bezalel and Oholaib were inspired to teach the, mat- the master artisans? You know, it is easy to do a piece of art the way we like to do, the way we want it to be. But it is difficult to do it the way another person wants it. No, it's easier to craft a ship like this no, without references so I can just you know, do it the way you know, my mind imagines it to be. But however, to do it according to a certain guideline requires much accuracy. Hence, the master artisans needed to be taught how to construct the century as accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Douglas K. Stewart explains that being filled with the Spirit is a biblical idiom for having from God the ability to do or say exactly what God once done or said. You know, in the case of Bezalel, his being filled with the Spirit meant that he could correctly construct the tabernacle and its furnishing 
exactly the way God wanted them made. The main difference in Exodus chapter 31, 1 to 6 and 35, is this. The Lord said to Moses, when in Exodus 35, Moses said to the Israelites. So the words were mostly similar, but Mo- Moses followed exactly what God has instructed him. Hence, understanding the idiomatic uh, meaning of being filled with the Holy Spirit obviates any notion that Bezalel experienced a new covenant phenomenon of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit far earlier than anyone. In fact, he was not a new covenant convert 1,400 years earlier, but was simply a man aided by God's Spirit to do exactly what God wanted him to do. So the product of his craftsmanship was fully to God's high standard, essentially as if God had done it himself. John Godingay considered this the first spiritual gifting. The first spiritual gifting to do the will of God. Alec Moyer gave some practical insights that it is not enough for the willing-hearted to follow the whims and fancies of their hearts. Doing the Lord's work means doing the Lord's will. Therefore, Bezalel and Oholite were inspired to teach the masters how to do the work in accordance to God's standard and probably how also to coordinate as a team. This is definitely no easy feat. It requires a miracle from God, you know, to gather a whole team so huge to work together as one. Well, I hope that good Amokyo Methodist Church members like yourself know that, you know, being good at what you are doing is different from being a good teacher. Recently, my mother-in-law brought Michaela, my youngest daughter, to attend soccer classes. So initially, uh, initially before I attended a session, you know, I, I was rather precocious, okay? I was rather precocious about it. But I, 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 I thought to myself, I questioned in my mind, why must we send Michaela for soccer classes? I can teach her myself, you know? <laughs> I can teach her the Manchester United way. You know? <laughs> you know, I, but after attending a session, I was very impressed because Michaela was able to make a 180 degrees turn to deviate from opposition players in just 60 minutes of training. Wow. You know, uh, there are techniques and procedures to follow. It is not the same as just kicking around, you know, with, between a father and child. Let me tell you this. I was humbled. Well, not everyone can teach. And if we can teach, we must accept that we cannot teach everyone. Okay? It takes humility to be a teacher. And to teach, we must first have the humility to be taught. Correct, teachers? So for Bezalel and Oholiab to teach the master artisans, they need to be first taught by Moses. And Moses was taught by God. So perhaps teaching the master artisan creates an event for Bezalel and Oholiab to experience God's miraculous power in gathering people to do His will, to share and to give. You know, it is interesting to take note that the first infilling of the Holy Spirit in Exodus has a similar after effect as the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Acts of the Apostles. You know what? The people began to share and give. 
same effects. Well, just to show you, um, in Acts 4.32, it says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And in verse 34, it says, That there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. In Exodus, Exodus 35, 36, 3 to 7, it was recorded. And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They, they still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task he was, he was doing, and said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough for doing the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave command. The end word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more for the contribution of the century, so that the people were restrained from bringing. For the material they had was sufficient to do all the work and more. Wow! After the infilling of the Spirit, people started to give freely, in fact, in Exodus, they had to be restrained from giving more. Although in Exodus, we do not know how the others were affected as only Bezalel and Oholite was filled with the Spirit, perhaps it is contagious. Perhaps sharing and giving freely is what God wanted us to do and what God wanted the Israelites to do too. It is rightful that we end with this final point. Um, it's mentioned in Chapter 36, verse 1. Bezalel and Oholiab and every craftsman in whom, the Lord, in whom the Lord had put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all the Lord has commanded. Not only Bezalel and Oholiab must work in accordance with all the Lord has commanded. Every craftsman must do it. Everyone in Israel must obey everything that the Lord has commanded as mentioned in both Exodus 31 and Exodus 35. Alec Motyer wrote, The commandment was not addressed specifically to Bezalel and Oholiab, but to all Israel. For no one knew at that point who was to be included in the workforce. They were only summoned in Exodus chapter 36, verse 2. Perhaps this is also a directive for all of us to follow, uh, to follow that we are to obey all that the Lord has commanded and it's not only meant for, for the leaders of the church but it's meant for all of us. We are to follow all that the Lord has commanded. The theme continues even to the New Testament. It also commands us to do everything that the Lord has commanded. You know, there are many passages that, 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 that talks about obedience, obeying everything, including this very familiar passage in Matthew 28, 18-20, the Great Commission. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of age. Although God wants us to do everything according to what He has commanded. You know, 
it would not be His will if we do not choose to do it with our own free will. Think about it. It is a near impossible task to get a huge team of master artisans to work together as one team without wages and at their own free will. Wow, it is impossible. But is it impossible? Let us take Amokyo Methodist Church, for example. Week in, week out, volunteers who serve as ushers, PA crews, traffic wardens, and many more. They, every one of you come earlier than anyone else, and you leave later than anyone else, including the accounting stewards. They're the last, in fact. And every one of you do it with your own free will, without any wages. You do it because you want to fulfill God's will and to do everything that the Lord has commanded. This alone, that you are here, is a miracle. What you are doing here, being present here, is already the will of God. It's a miracle. It's no easy feat. No one can convince you except God. And what did God command us to do? Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and most important command. And the second command is like this. It's like the first. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. All the law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commands. The sharing and giving segment is important as it is the evidence that we are learning to love others more than ourselves. You know, the evidence of an artist is in their artistic work, while the evidence of a spirit-filled life is in our sharing and giving. You know, we may not be building a tabernacle, but we are in the business of, build, of helping others build relationships with God through our lives in this church. Perhaps to do everything that God has commanded us to do is as simple as to give and share His love to others. An artist wants others to see what they see. But God's artist wants others to see God through our lives. Shall we pray? Dear God, art is not only an avenue for us to express ourselves. It is an avenue for us to express our love and obedience for you. May your spirit fill us so that we can better our gifts for your glory. May we learn the art of waiting for your guidance and not hurry or to run ahead of you. Inspire us to have the patience and humility to teach, of teaching, to teach others as we serve you in this holy church. Let us grow to share and to give to one another as this is the evidence that you live in us. Grant us the love and obedience to do everything that you have commanded. In Jesus' name we pray.